Well, welcome to the Valley Hoops Insider Podcast, part of the Valley Hoops Insider website. Harry Schrader with you today, and we have, as our pleasure, to have the Commissioner of the Ohio Valley Conference, Beth DeBush, with us today. She is in Marion, Illinois, where the OVC baseball playoffs are going on. We'll talk a little bit about that today as well. But first, Beth, just thanks for carving out some time for us uh, on this beautiful Friday. Well, it's certainly my pleasure to catch up with you, Harry, and talk about the league and check in with you. Hey, uh, first of all, you guys, uh, I, I, I just finished a couple of weeks ago, I was announcing the uh, baseball playoffs for the um, American Midwest Conference of the NAIA. And, uh, and I love these basket, these baseball tournaments where there's single elimination, then it becomes double elimination and the teams are taxed in all kinds of different ways. You guys have a great format for your baseball tournament. Well, it's a fairly new format for us where we have a number of teams coming in with a single elimination game. So lots of pressure is on in the beginning. And then we now fold into a double elimination tournament with our finals being on Saturday. And talk about pressure. There's one game right now with no if necessary game. So uh, all the marbles here tomorrow for the championship. A lot of stake and a lot of fun. Yeah, I love that format as it grows more intense throughout the weekend. It's it's super exciting. Uh, You started being the commissioner of the OVC, I believe, in 2009. Um, You've seen a lot of changes across the landscape of collegiate sports, not just in basketball. Obviously, our site, we talk a lot about basketball, but uh, a lot of changes. And tell me right now, so in 2009, you knew it would play out just like it is right now, right? (laughs) Oh, my heavens. There's been so much about intercollegiate athletics that has changed, Harry. The landscape of the conferences, the issues that we talk about, the challenges that we're facing with NIL and uh, the threat of litigation, it really has changed the overall college landscape. But at its core, what we do serving student-athletes and wanting to ensure that students have a great opportunity through playing sport, that hasn't changed. And I think that's why those of us that have been blessed to work in the industry uh, just continue continue to be involved because at its core, we really do some terrific things for student-athletes. Uh, program movement, player movement, NIL, all those kinds of things. Uh, it has created what I call the portal pandemic across collegiate sports. And, and I want to talk about that in just a minute, but it has dramatically changed the way coaches have to build programs and, and maybe how a league like yours has to go about its marketing or its strategies. Would I be right about that? Well, certainly we're in a state where I think our coaches are recruiting 24-7. They're recruiting new players to come to their programs, but they're also recruiting players to stay with their programs. And at some level that may be healthy, but uh, we also need to focus on the task at hand, and that's for the students to be in school, have a great experience, and enjoy playing their sport in the moment. I think the bigger issue, and we probably need to highlight that even more strongly, is with the transfer portal situation, we have a large number of students that are getting lured to want to transfer away from programs with no guarantee that they'll find another spot. And I think last year the estimate was something like 20,000. And I I don't know that my numbers are right, but it's something high like that to say students that, that to our knowledge, didn't necessarily find a collegiate home. And so we need to look at that as an association. We need to look at that within our conferences and all the Division I conferences to make sure that we're really sharing good messages with student-athletes so they understand 
the opportunities that transferring may provide, but they also understand the risks associated with it. Yeah, I, t- I talked to three former Missouri Valley uh, head basketball coaches recently, like did a little interview with the three of them. And every one of them said that they thought the current status also hurts the student athlete uh, on the student part, that it's really demanding and difficult for them to get a degree if they're moving around so much and being pulled this way and that way, and that the education, the academics part of it is actually really in danger. No, I think that, I think that's right. We know just from looking at data that transfer for a large number of students, whether you're a student athlete or not, puts additional academic pressure. So not only the act of transferring, the act of getting acclimated to a new environment, but then also to have a new team, to learn a new scheme, just everything that comes with it is asking a lot for a young person. Uh, and so we'll continue to monitor it. And I have faith that uh, as we work through this, there will be some some changes and some modifications that still give students a level of freedom but protections as well in the process. It's dicey, and you're always one lawsuit away from something going crazier. So it's uh, it's a challenge. You guys have you have been having to administrate, execute, uh, guide the league all during this time of a lot of also program movement across America, not just in the OVC, but you've had a handful of programs leave, and now you've been like restocking the shelves over the last couple of years, and I think extremely well. Um, talk about what it's like for you now as you guys have uh, – we had I, – I forget all the numbers because the years all run together, but a handful of programs take off, and then you, you built back in with three programs a year ago, and, and now Western Illinois joining uh, this fall. We'll talk about that in a minute. But just what goes into figuring out how do we – find the right fit and how do we continue to grow our conference in this uh, era where even program movement, not just player movement, is so prevalent? Well, the OVC celebrates its 75th anniversary this year, and I would say over our history, we've been a very stable conference in terms of membership affiliation. We did have a level of membership movement two years ago, and at the time, you could sense there was going to be movement across Division One, and I thought that the fact it happened to us a bit early may be beneficial. Hmm. Uh, certainly didn't know until it panned out, but it certainly has been. Um, while it's a difficult time for any conference, I will tell you there are a lot of positive things that have come through the overall membership realignment for us, at least. It gave us an opportunity as a conference for the schools that were members to really uh, appreciate one another and appreciate the strengths of this league and what mattered to them about sponsoring intercollegiate athletics as a group of like institutions. It caused us to look very, very keenly at what was important as we added additional members. And in the process, I think what we've done is add a group of schools that really have a lot of similarity and a good level of energy about being together. So for the OVC, similar mission and values were important, but the school certainly sponsored sports for the same reasons. Uh, a same financial structure for the pattern of sponsoring sports was keen. And then the geographic sense of alignment. Uh, the OVC had long been a bus league and hoped to continue to be. And, and we, we've, been able to maintain that. And then similarity in sports sponsorship and the schools that we've added by and large um, 
sponsor all the same sports that the OVC did as a league. So it's been a fun year for me and my role. More importantly, I think it's been a fun year for the membership as we uh, have our new OVC, if you will, and we uh, acclimate the new members, learn from them as well. And there's just such, and I said it before, but such good energy about bringing the schools together to shape what our future will be. So I'm, I'm excited for, for what's going to happen in the OVC moving forward. I was, uh, I've been super impressed by just the, you use the word energy, the energy around uh, Southern Indiana and that program. And of course, Lindenwood's just up the road from, from me here. And I'm so impressed by what they're doing there. I have less interaction with the Little Rock folks, but their women's basketball team was terrific. Their men's baseball team is in the you know, the second seeded team in that tournament that you're at right now. Obviously you added three teams that immediately hit the ground running. Lindenwood was good at football. They, they qualified for the end, the uh, end of the year men's basketball tournament. Like I said, Little Rock, the women's basketball team was terrific. And, and so you landed some schools where there is energy is excitement and also some success. That's right. That's right. Everybody that's come into the league um, has had a level of competitive success, and we've seen a good level of balance across the entire conference with different schools winning different championships, be it regular season or, or conference tournament championships. So it, it makes it fun. You know, everybody loves to win, and the fact that there isn't just one bell cow that's leading the way uh, makes for a fun a spirit of esprit de corps and also some challenges. And I hope as a result, we'll build some new rivalries and all. Of this as you have these competitive schools uh, come on board. Two of the schools that you mentioned in Southern Indiana and Lindenwood are transitioning from Division Two to Division One, and I've just been so impressed with their ability to make this move and really embrace those challenges. And, and if you didn't know if there weren't any labeling, you you really you really wouldn't see it. So again. A, a very big commitment on their part, a big commitment by their coaches, by their administration, by their leadership, but they've been up to the task and they've done it with a plum. I just did an interview with Amy Egan, the new basketball coach at mm -hmm. Lindenwood and look out like she's a star and they're, they're going to be on the map and competitive to tomorrow. I mean, I'm super impressed by what she has done and what she's going to do at Lindenwood. Uh, you and I talked probably maybe November, December, something like that. And, uh, and I, I'm always asking you, are you guys going to expand? And, and you told me we, we probably are, you know, we're, we're hoping to, we're looking to. And then recently you announced the addition of Western Illinois. And, and obviously you just talked about sports sponsorship, mission and values, financial structure, geography. Obviously they checked those boxes quite well. What, what drew you to Western Illinois? Uh, um, obviously those things, but were there other things? You know, if, if in this world of intercollegiate athletics where a lot of things don't seem to make sense some days, uh, this this move really made a lot of sense for both parties. All the elements that, that we've talked about certainly aligned in the case of Western Illinois. There are a lot of personal familiarity, too, uh, from the president's level to the athletics director level. People certainly knew one another from from Western to the OBC membership that there's just, again, it, it's almost like a family relationship there. And over the years, there's just been a lot of competition between uh, Western Illinois and OBC schools and not conference play. So that familiarity was there competitively. So again, this, this, it's never, it's, it's never easy for an institution to, to leave a league. And, and I know Western was a founding member of the Summit League and certainly strong ties there in a tremendous league uh, in its own right. But just geographically, this just seemed to make so much more sense. And, and, and um, 
values and mission wise as well. So, um, so I'm excited to get them on board. They'll start, they'll start July 1st and they're already part of our discussions. Super excited. I think the, and obviously the rivalry between they and Eastern Illinois is, is going to be terrific. I think you guys strengthening your footprint in the state of Illinois, really terrific. I, I think it was a, just a home run for you guys and for them. Uh, they have to figure out how much they're going to pay their former league. And just recently it came out that I can't ever read legal briefs, but you guys had something going on with Jacksonville State, and, and that seems like it might be resolving soon. There's a lot of business behind all this sports stuff, isn't there? There, No, there is. There, There is certainly. And again, you want to keep the focus on the student-athletes and on their ability to compete and have that be the focus of the news of what we do. And so I'm hopeful that will be the focus for us moving forward. You uh, mentioned familiarity at the president's level and at the athletic director level. Tell us about Paul H. Bubb. When I watched the press conference that you were a part of, I was really impressed by just uh, his energy and his zeal about what they're doing there. Well, uh, a lot of us in the OVC have known Paul for a long time. Paul was, uh, I don't know if I have the title right, a senior associate, a deputy, yet a pretty high-ranking administrative role at Murray State for a long period of time. So certainly uh, worked with Paul, familiar with Paul, and and it's been fun going through this process uh, as they've explored their future what I would say in the case of Western Illinois, and I think this is really important, um, they conducted a strategic plan. They looked hard at their program and at their future, independent of any discussion with the Ohio Valley Conference, to ultimately reach a decision um, as to where they thought they needed to go for the future. So it was a very, very thoughtful and deliberate process for them to finally then get to this point to be working with us. Um, talk to me. Uh, now you have challenges, right, with an odd number of schools, and it might be in the game to be saying, well, let's get a 12th team in the OVC by this fall. But talk to me about the challenges with the way the scheduling and those kinds of things play out with the league as it's now currently arranged. Well, certainly 11 members uh, for any schedules presents challenges and uh, having to adjust schedules at this late in the date uh, makes coaches anxious. They certainly, and understandably so, um, they have their non-conference schedules already developed. Um, Greg Walters, who you know, Greg Walter, excuse me, who you know from formerly of the Missouri Valley and of the the summit has been very helpful in a consulting role to us, helping us um, from a scheduling standpoint. And so his expertise came at the absolute right time. We will be in the process at our three meetings next week of taking a very deep dive looking at looking at our schedules with with 11 members or whatever the number is from a sport sponsorship standpoint in each sport and i think we'll have some good solutions for our membership for next year and i know their football team won't be joining this year but how important was it to have a football program join the ovc it was exceedingly important for the OVC to add an additional football program. Uh, football is very important to the membership of the Ohio Valley Conference. FCS football is a tremendous brand for us. It's a make sense brand, the way you sponsor the sport, uh, the scholarship numbers. It just fits for us. And we really want to build back 
the football membership. We are fortunate to have a partnership with the Big South. So um, the Big South and the OBC are really leaning on one another. Uh, so we have uh, 10 member programs playing together. Um, but with Western's addition, that even expands our reach. And again, it keeps us geographically aligned. Western, as you know, has had a rich football history. So that certainly adds to the overall dynamic. We've had a good run with our program. So it just builds not only to the number, but to the success and the fact that it's a commitment on behalf of this league to continue to grow and have strong football programs. Uh, we have just been celebrating, you know, the Title IX legislation over this past year, a lot of recognition about those things. And uh, I, I do want to ask you, sports-specific, talk to us, uh, for the people on my website that don't know much about the women's side of basketball, talk to me about the strength of women's basketball in the OVC. So women's basketball, we've had a long history in women's basketball and a commitment to women's basketball. We are in a bit of a rebuild right now relative to uh, where we are with our women's programs. Uh, two years ago, uh, we were able to, for the past two years, up until last year, we had success in postseason. But we will commit, and one of our topics at our spring meeting is really to talk about our continued scheduling enhancements in this league to build back and support women's basketball. Uh, that dovetails nicely with some of the national conversations that are ongoing about the importance of women's basketball, perhaps changes to revenue distribution in Division One to support uh, a women's basketball revenue distribution. But again, I think you'll see more uh, focus nationally and conference-wide uh, all across Division One on growing women's basketball. You can't have looked at this year's uh, Final Four and postseason without seeing a keen sense of excitement there. Uh, for this season, for us, certainly Little Rock from a regular season um, standpoint was a terrific new new addition to the program and, and you know, fun, fun to be able to, to watch that unfold for them. So as we talk about our new schools, certainly want to give them a shout out as well in this conversation. But again, you see a lot of parity in our league and just an overall level of excitement in, in our, our sport. And then in the case of, you know, Tennessee Tech, they've been growing and working on that program. And Kim Rosamond's just done a nice job as the coach and got a win um, then in the playing game uh, there at the NCA, And that was terrific to be in Bloomington. So the combination bodes well. Um, but again, we need, we need to build top to bottom and even build on the success that they've had. I'm telling you, Amy Egan's going to do some things at Lindenwood. The uh, because in our site, we're going to start to veer over toward the women's side a little bit more as well. And 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 I think that there's so much growth potential for all of college basketball, for all of college basketball programs, but for the OVC, I think that's a ripe area for you guys to gain a ground and gain an advantage in a relatively quick way. I mean, it's possible that that could be a great growth area for the league. I know th- I agree with you. We have, um, again, the combination of having a nice history in women's basketball, a group of terrific coaches, some some excitement as we've seen a bit of a changing of the guard. Like I say, we need to run deeper. You know, in my time, I've really seen if you have four or five programs um, that really bolster one another up, you see great progress uh, in and development in your basketball programs. We just recently had our coaches meeting. We have a group of coaches that care 
and want to commit and want to make sure that we are making progress on women's basketball. So it's fun to work around people that are forward looking and really want to push a program forward. And that's, I think, where we are. And I look forward to our upcoming meetings with our presidents and ADs talking about strategies to do just that. Looking forward to all of that. Now, you can't, well, I won't tell you what you can't do. Um, is it is it impossible? Are you telling me today there won't be a 12th team in the OVC by this fall? You know, given the timing of, um, given the timing of when you need to do your schedules and sports sponsorship issues, it would be highly unlikely to add an additional program for the 2023-24 academic year. How's that for an answer? Uh, I thought for one time I'd get you to say no or yes. But uh, listen, I'm super excited about what the Ohio Valley Conference is doing. You guys run things so professionally. Uh, your programs, I, you know, I told somebody the other day, this is just a little inside baseball stuff, but I was, I was telling somebody the other day that I visit some of these places and I talk to some of these coaches and administrators and, and even the administrators that I don't know go out of their way to try to make sure I'm welcome. I feel welcome. They're accessible. I've had presidents of universities contact me. I don't know why. I don't know why they would contact me, but I'm just saying I I find that energy in your league is uh, top to bottom. Coaches, players, the administrators, they all care, and they really want to build the OVC. Uh, Well, that's lovely to hear, and you've always been most kind and gracious in your coverage and in your support of Intercollegiate Athletics, and for that, a sincere thank you, Harry. Well, we just love it like you do. You know, we we love what's going on. Uh, Appreciate your time today, Beth. I know you've got the baseball playoffs to pay attention to, but uh, we wanted to get some info about this this whole Western Illinois thing. Uh, Super excited about that. I think it's the perfect fit, and we really super appreciate your time today. Oh, always a pleasure, and look forward to talking to you again soon, I hope. Yeah, well, when you sign that next team, we'll be right back on the phone. (laughs) All right, sounds like a plan. (laughs) Thank you, Beth. That's Beth DeBush, the commissioner of the Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, She's the best, and we appreciate her time today. Don't forget, since you've been there, make it a better place. We'll see you again real soon.